Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and thanks for joining me on today's episode of The Brian Buffini Show. We're very excited to have you. Today, I'm going to cover a subject that is very, very near and dear to my own heart. I would say this particular topic is probably one of the cornerstones of what I call the good life. And it is definitely the cornerstone of my own business, of the business systems I teach. It's the cornerstone, one of the cornerstones of my family's life. It is a cornerstone philosophy and attitude towards life that has transformed me, to be quite honest with you. Don't have it perfect. A lot of work still to be done in this area. It's a day-by-day process. But today we're going to talk about gratitude, and we're going to talk about its power. We're doing this to kind of commemorate and coincide with the American Thanksgiving. You know, the Americans and the Canadians, to the best of my knowledge, are the two countries that have established a holiday that's called Thanksgiving. What a brilliant concept, and it's been around a long time. And one of the things that I always like to talk about is that even though we're living in a modern world and high-tech and new tech comes along, it seems like every hour of every day, principles don't change, tactics do. You know, the Ten Commandments are, uh, what, 7,000 years old? It was a bad idea to kill your neighbor 7,000 years ago, and it's still a bad idea today. You know, so principles last, and lives that are built on principles tend to do well. Lives that are built on principles don't get overwhelmed with the latest tsunami of social media or the chatter that's out there in the marketplace, or when the media decides to just obsess on a topic or a person or a crisis or create a crisis. You know, when you have those principles in your life and in your belief system, You're able to weather the storm, if you will. You're able to keep perspective. And gratitude is one of those things. And thanksgiving as an expression of that. You know, it started out, again, a long time ago, but it started in the States, the modern Thanksgiving holiday, uh, universally traced to a sparsely documented 1621 celebration at Plymouth Rock, as they say, present-day Massachusetts. And it was a feast of thanksgiving, that was prompted by a good harvest. We had the, the pilgrims and the Puritans who began emigrating from England in the early 1600s. And that tradition has carried on for a long time, carried on then to what was called the Days of Thanksgiving in New England. Several Days of Thanksgiving actually were held in New England. It was many times a year, but the first Thanksgiving holiday that's you know recognized today was 1631 in Boston. You know, there's been lots of things done. Uh, 1777, the Continental Congress formally created a a Thanksgiving Day. Lincoln in 1863 called the last Thursday of November. I think FDR tried to screw around with it in the 1930s, and that didn't go over so well. And so think about this, that in America, the last Thursday of every November is a holiday that's set aside to give thanks. Uh, The Canadians celebrate in October. But think about it. It's it's a time to get together. It's really become about family. It's about breaking bread together. But the concept is about giving thanks. Now, here's what happens is all good principles and all good 
things get watered down, drifted away from over time. And, uh, you know, today, what happened was Thanksgiving, the president started pardoning a turkey, and people started eating turkeys. And now a lot of people will refer to it as Turkey Day. Now, when you hear what I have to say today about the power of gratitude and what it can actually do for your life and what it means and what it can do for the heart and the spirit and what it does for other people, to sell it out to a turkey is a disastrous compromise. And to call it Turkey Day is to sell it out. Now, a lot of people, because of the secular society we live in today, don't want anything connected to anything that is perceived as religious. And I get that. I get all the the challenges and, and many of the challenges that people have with formal religion and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, trading in something as powerful as Thanksgiving for something as useless as a bleeding turkey, you know what? As they say in Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does. And just because people do it and people say it doesn't mean it's not stupid. There's something more powerful than a turkey on Thanksgiving. And you know what else our secular society has done is we've turned a holiday that unleashes power. And we're going to talk about this power, the power of Thanksgiving and the power of gratitude. Well, we've traded that in for Turkey Day, followed by Black Friday, which brings binge purchasing and fights in the parking lot of Walmart over a big screen TV. And uh, like I said, stupid is as stupid does. And just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's a good thing to do, right? That's why principles stand the test of time. Gratitude and the spirit of thanksgiving will be still around long after Walmart no longer exists. And long after that big screen TV it has been recycled in many a time over. And so in the fall of 2017, I'll be releasing a book that I've been working on for years called The Emigrant Edge. And it talks about why it's so easy to make it big in America. And it's not just chronicling my own journey and my own life. I've been studying successful immigrants to America and other parts of the world for the last 30 years. As an immigrant myself, I wanted to study what people did and how they did it. And uh, I broke it all down into seven common traits that I saw with hugely successful immigrants. And ultimately, when people follow these traits, a lot of them have them naturally because of where they come from, what they had to go through to get here. But anybody who follows these seven traits will succeed. And so one of those seven traits is a heartfelt spirit of gratitude, this deep commitment to gratitude. And I want to talk about that today. I want to share some stories. And so be looking for that book in uh, fall of 17. But I'm going to delve in today to one of those traits. The first thing is I'm going to cover kind of three major elements of it today. I don't have time to go into all of it, but this will certainly whet your appetite. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is that gratitude must be expressed. The second thing I'm going to share with you is that you need to make a note of it. You've got to write down the things you're thankful for. And then thirdly, I'm going to talk about ultimately that gratitude is an attitude of the heart. So let's dive in here about how gratitude must be expressed. I'm a guy that when I teach and present, I always like to share facts. I like to share stats. But the thing I really love to share is quotes. Quotes from people who've lived life, who've been there and done that, and who've shared the wisdom. And there's a lot of wisdom that's been shared by a lot of people. And I'm a big believer in finding out what other people did, finding out what their wisdom is, and trying to apply it to my own life, as opposed to trying to figure it all out for myself. 
And I would probably say that my favorite quote of all time is from Cicero. And he said that gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but it's the parent of all others. Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Now, I know we don't talk about virtues today. It's a lot more cool to talk about vices. That's a lot more hip. Virtues don't get a lot of followers on social media, but vices can. You know, the latest Kim Kardashian or whatever else, and you can have 10 million people chasing after that. No problem. You can be as successful or as popular as you want to be if you have no shame in the modern world. There's no question about that. But I believe a life of character and a life that's full of virtue is a life that's going to stand the test of time and a life that passes on those virtues to those that come after. And that ultimately is the most profound form of legacy you can have. And so I'll give you some context here. You know, for the past 25 years, our families lived in San Diego County. Now, San Diego County, the average temperature is 72 degrees year-round. They say that the two most perfect climates in the world for human beings to live in are San Diego, California, and Santiago, Chile. Similar-sounding cities that, by the way, San Diego is exactly as far above the equator as Santiago is below the equator, and they've almost identical weather patterns. And it is great. You know, I like to say to my kids all the time, the reason our sports teams are so terrible in San Diego is that God has to take something away because we live here all year round, you know? But when we do get away, I'm asked all the time, where do San Diegans go on vacation? And so we've always had a home away from home on the big island of Hawaii. The reason being is it's a five-hour flight. It's paradise, no doubt about it. But you kind of get away from life, and, and you're kind of far away, and there's a time zone difference, and it just is we get on the plane, and we get what we call a Polynesian paralysis. We just totally get the chill. And it actually starts for us on the airplane. I mean, I'm sometimes... You know, Bev and I, we got six kids. We got a ton going on. I travel, speak, run a bunch of businesses. And so by the time we land, we're already in a different state. So that's one of the great benefits of going. And another thing that happens every time we've flown to Hawaii, and we've been going since 1994, every year, is that a flight attendant will come to us and say, boy, your children are amazing. They're so polite. Uh, We just don't see this anymore. Now, it's always great to hear feedback affirming your kid's conduct, no doubt about it. And every parent wants reassurance that they're doing a good job. But it's also, for me, very disappointing to hear how rare gratitude and good manners are. Now, we're not perfect parents, and we certainly don't have perfect children. But if there's one thing we've done right, it's to instill and reinforce in our family the importance of expressing gratitude. Now, here's the thing. I grew up without very much. My kids have not had that. My kids have grown up in a 10,000 square foot home. They've had many of the perks and benefits of economic success. They've flown hundreds of times on dad's private jet. They've been able to participate in all kinds of things. And, And most of the things I lacked growing up, they've had in many cases. And it's one of the reasons I bring this up is not to sit here and and be banging my own chest. I just want to share with you that gratitude's an attitude of the heart. It has nothing to do with what you have or what you don't have. I grew up with very little. They grew up with a lot. We get that type of response from waitresses and waiters in restaurants. We get that everywhere we go. People will say that. Now, here's the thing. Our kids express gratitude. Now, one of the reasons for it, 
is we were relentless with our kids about always expressing gratitude when somebody served them or gave anything or when they serve each other and interact with each other. And they didn't always do it. And sometimes they just mouthed the words and it wasn't what was in their heart. But we were relentless about it. I used to tell them, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of this world and make another one look just like you. Okay, it always wasn't just happy times. But I want you to know that when the flight attendants tell us these things, the focus on gratitude, it's powerful. It always brightens my bride's countenance because it's working. It's working. And we see it with them because here's the thing. People talk about kids today and they have this great sense of entitlement. Why? Oh, because you've worked hard so that your kids had something better than you do. Well, guess what? I believe kids don't listen to what you say. They're too busy watching what you do. Let me ask you this. You're complaining about your kids having entitlement because they have stuff more than you do. Do they ever get to see your entitlement? You know, the truth of the matter is there's an opportunity to complain about something every single day. There's lots to complain about. My mother, you know, we grew up with very little. We grew up in a tiny little house, five boys in a nine-by-nine bedroom, my sister in a box room, we used to call it, six-and-a-half by four, okay? We had no heat in our house. Our grandparents lived with us on the weekends, one bathroom for ten people. But my mother always used to say, it costs nothing to say please or thank you. It costs nothing to say that. That is true. The next time you go to a restaurant after listening to this, watch how many times... People say, please or thank you. I was in just last night. I mean, I was laughing because I was preparing for this broadcast. And I was in a restaurant in San Diego called Rubio's. The kids had just played volleyball. We're in line at Rubio's. And I, everybody orders. So I've got five of the kids are with us. My son's away at the minute. So we have five kids there. My wife, Beverly. And I'm always last in line because dad gets to pay. So I'm last in line. There's six orders after happening before me. I'm last in. And the manager's there. And he goes, you, sir, whatever you order is free. And I go, well, thanks very much. But I go, is this just out of the sheer pity you feel for me because I'm paying for these people to eat all the time? And he goes, I got to tell you, that's the most polite family I've ever met in my life. Now, I'm telling you, like, this is some great braggadocious. I said to the fellow, why do you say that? He goes, well, they're all just so thankful. I said, can I ask you this question? This was like nine o'clock at night. I said, are we the first people to say thank you today for your order? He goes, I've been here for six hours. He goes, I don't know when was the last time I heard somebody say thank you. Now, here's the thing. I'm a Christian guy. I go to church. There's a huge church next door to this Rubio's. So I don't care who you are, secular, non-secular, whatever else, people have drifted into not expressing gratitude. And let me tell you this. The reason this guy wanted to buy my dinner is because he felt valued by my family. When people look someone in the eye and actually express gratitude to somebody, it values them. It is powerful. It affects another person. By the way, gratitude not expressed is the same as ingratitude. Let me share with you. Gratitude has power to it. I built a fortune in real estate. And one of the things I did in real estate was sending my clients thank you notes. Back in 1988, I started writing 10 notes a day, five days a week, to people in my client base, thanking them for their business, thanking them for their referrals. 
And when I was working with another agent, there was a negotiation. A lot of times agents get into a, a place where they're negotiating against one another. I would thank the other agent at the beginning of the negotiation. Thanks for bringing me an offer. Thanks for bringing this offer together. Thanks for a successful transaction. You were a real pro to work with. You know, years later when I started my training company, hundreds and hundreds of agents that I had worked with who are supposed to be competing agents showed up at that seminar. I had a lady who was in charge of home warranties and realtors typically will get a home warranty put on a house. I have 600 people in this ballroom. They're handing around microphones and asking questions. And this one character stands up and says, how do I know this is real? And I didn't get a chance to answer. A lady in the back corner by the name Pam stands up, raises her hand and says, I work with Brian Buffini for seven years. And she goes, I'm in the home warranty business for 25 years. And he's the only real estate agent that on every single transaction where I put a home warranty on one of his clients' house wrote me a note to thank me. Let me tell you, there were 600 people that day in that ballroom who weren't sure who I was or what I was or if they could trust me. And that day turned into a record day for our company that launched this new business that's become this huge organization that trains people all over the world. It all started that day. I was sowing seeds of gratitude every single day. I've shared stories about how I've had clients who, one client used a note I wrote to him. He was an older man and I wrote him a a nice note after his wife had passed away. He used to use that note for encouragement as he read his Bible every single day and he used it as a marker for his Bible. When he died and the family went to go and do his eulogy, when they went to read out his eulogy, they read out my note. And it was nine years after I'd sent it to him. Personal notes and expressing gratitude are meaningful. I had no idea. I didn't write such profound prose that this man would keep this thing for nine years. It's that it met something in his heart. Okay? It's powerful. In Japanese, there's a term called on, O-N. And it means a sense of gratitude combined with a desire to repay others for what we've been given through words and deeds. Being grateful but not expressing it is pointless. So we've got to express it. And I'm going to tell you this. Here's a little tip on this. Gratitude, like I said, must be expressed, but you've got to make a note of it. And a number of years ago, we started a tradition at our house when the kids were very small, where we'd hand out after Thanksgiving and everybody's eating more than they should and there's games on or whatever else. And we normally sit down and... A couple hours after the meal, we'd sit down, we'd have games, we'd play games. But before we'd play the games, Dad would hand out his little note, and the kids would kind of roll their eyes. One of Dad's seminar things is about to happen. But bottom line is, we're going to make a list of everything we're thankful for. We'd play music in the background, and we'd start the list. And this might sound corny to you, but you've got to try this. you just got to try it. Well, I noticed over the years as we would do this, that every time we did the exercise, I was the first one finished. And I would go, you know, we would later go through our list and I would have things like I was thankful for freedom and opportunity and health. And, but as the kids would share their list, they would get into detail, especially when they're young, about describing the flowers outside or the hummingbirds at the windows. And they would share a list that included things that myself and Bev hadn't even thought of. Sometimes out of embarrassment, they would be going on and on about all the neat things outside. I would go and get my list and I'd write in nature just to make sure I added something in. You know what I mean? So I noticed as the kids got older, by the way, they seemed to see fewer and fewer of the details of gratitude. And I think therein lies the problem. When we're young, we have more of a built-in appreciation for those simple blessings in life that we seem to lose later in life. And so... When I've personally lost sight of what I'm thankful for, I find myself 
gravitating towards the criticism and the negativity that exists out there. And I'm going to talk about that here before we leave today and how that when you have and embrace gratitude, when you lead with gratitude, it fills a void. When you don't express gratitude, there is a void and something else fills it. Something else fills it. And I'm going to tell you, it's not something good. When gratitude leaves, a lot of other things come in. So expressing gratitude is the key. So here's the thought. You're listening to this, which is one form of taking in information. I hope that you don't just listen to this stuff. I mean, we put all this time and effort into these messages for you and these podcasts for you. It's free. All you have to do is download it one time. Then all you have to do is play it. It's the easiest thing in the world. It costs you nothing. You know, you're going somewhere. You're listening to this right now. Here's the thing. Are you going to do something with it? So who's the one person right now that you know you need to express gratitude to? Could you write him a note? Maybe you send him a text. Maybe you call and leave a message. Who's the one? I'm going to share this with you. The more you express gratitude, you're going to see not only a change in the people around you, the most significant change you'll see is in your own attitude, in your own heart. It will absolutely, positively transform you. And that's the second thing I want to talk about right now, is that gratitude is an attitude of the heart. The great Zig Ziglar used to say, gratitude stands for great attitude. And you know, Zig was always criticized for milk toast and corny. And I'm telling you this, he might tell things in a folksy way, but the more I listened over the years, the more I really dug in, the more profound I saw what he was saying. Great attitude is what gratitude is. You want to have a great attitude? You got to embrace gratitude. You got to express gratitude. You got to fill yourself with gratitude. You got to receive gratitude. You know, I used to be real good at giving gratitude, but I would blow off when someone would thank me. I would make no big deal. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I wouldn't actually receive. It. You know, when somebody expresses gratitude to you, here's how you receive it. Thank you. Boy, it took me a long time to learn those two words. So, having a great attitude is more likely to get you promotion than get you fired. You think? I've employed thousands of people. Let me tell you, I have never, ever, in 30 years of business, fired someone for having a great attitude. But I've fired plenty of people for having a crappy attitude. If they have a crappy attitude, the first thing they do is they have a crappy attitude with their coworkers. It negatively infects the culture of the building. It takes people down. By the way, people who feel positive feel less than when somebody's being negative. Oh, by the way, in the short term, the negative person is always considered the smartest or the less gullible. You know, uh, American Idol used to have Simon, and Simon was the, the harsh critic, and he was the smart one. He was the one that everybody sought their approval. You'd see a singer pour their heart out and do a, a performance, and the other two people would gush, but it didn't really matter. They were just waiting on the cynic, because here's why. The perception was the cynic had the power. Let me tell you, it is true. There is real power to negativity, and it only goes one way. Negative always goes down. It's much harder to have a positive attitude. You're going to get the promotion more likely because you have the great attitude then you have the crappy attitude, okay? You're going to make the sale because you have the great attitude. I know this for a fact. I walked into people's homes. I walk on stage, and I, and I see thousands of people. Here's the thing. Who wants to hear from a down public speaker? Oh, you guys have no idea how difficult it was to get here. 
You have no idea how hard it is to be away from my family. You have no idea. I was in the room service, took an hour and a half last night. People be walking out in droves. Be walking out in droves. People feed off other people's energy, one way or the other. You can either build people up with gratitude and have that great attitude flowing out of you, or you can be an energy vampire that just sucks the life out of other people. You're going to get the promotion because of a great attitude. You're going to make the sale because of the great attitude. It'll help you mend fences in relationships rather than build walls. There is a formula for true success, the kind of success that embraces a both-and philosophy instead of an either-or philosophy. Both-and is where you can have a great business and a great family life instead of I either have a good business or a good family life. The kind of true success that allows you to be financially well-to-do and at the same time be spiritually grounded. I believe all of this rests on a bedrock of the spirit of gratitude. Gratitude is an attitude of the heart. It brings energy to the spirit and it does wonder for communication between people. We live in a constant barrage of news and information that tries to sensationalize and dramatize the negativity of life. You, you know that. Those who choose to be positive are often the ones who are made fun of. Or the word I see all the time is shallow. I wanted you to know this. If you go with the flow, you'll end up depressed, skeptical, and cynical. Because that's where the market is. That's where the masses are. Would the average person, you look at them and say, yeah, they're financially well-to-do, their health is good, their marriage is good, their kids are good, they do great work, they have this zest for life? No. The truth of the matter is, you know, David Henry Thoreau said that most people live lives of quiet desperation. I'm going to tell you this to you. The reason why gratitude is not unleashed in people's lives is because it's like a coat in their closet that they can choose to put it on or choose to not put it on. I'd say this. It's like going out the door butt naked. Okay? And here's the thing. You embrace that attitude of gratitude. It will change your heart. My wife and I, here's a tip, because I, I think the first thing I shared with you is, you know, make a note of it. The second thing is this. My wife and I have two Hawaiian rocking chairs in our bedroom made of Hawaiian koa wood. Absolutely beautiful. Sometimes the day starts uh, 4.30, sometimes 5, sometimes 5.30. We've had a couple of real late mornings here lately, started at 6, heaven forbid. But no matter what's going on, we start the day in those two chairs, and we start with a prayer of gratitude. That's where our day begins. Sometimes we have a million things going on, and that's it, and quick kiss and out the door. Sometimes we get a chance to sit around and talk and chat. But I'm going to say this to you, that is the start of the day and I can tell you this 15 minutes into my day I've already had a good day I know that the first 15 minutes of every day is a good day I'm with my bride and I'm expressing gratitude when you have an attitude of gratitude and you start listing what you're thankful for it gets rid of all the complaining it gets rid of all the cynicism and the whining and once you start listing what you're thankful for what we like to say in our home it's like a smoothie for the soul so that's our day. The first thing we do is we start out with that, get a bit of a workout in, and then have a smoothie. So we do the smoothie for the soul, we do the workout for the body, and then we do the smoothie for the health. That's how we start the day. I'm going to share with you a story, a story that at first blush could be like, what in the heck were these people thinking? 
And it's one of the most incredible stories of gratitude I've ever heard of. And it's from a couple who are from Seattle. They passed away here recently. And I want you to think about this. They left their entire estate to the U.S. government. They're two hard-working people. She worked as a seamstress. He worked in a steel mill. And they left $847,000. They had no kids. And they left their entire estate to the U.S. Treasury. Now, a lot of people would be sideways. Nobody thinks about, I need to give more to the IRS. I certainly never had that thought. But I want to tell you why. And I want to give you the backstory of someone who would do that. So, Peter Petrasik was born in Czechoslovakia. And when he was 12 years of age, when the Nazis invaded, they killed both his parents. And a lot of people don't know this little fact, but a lot of kids who are made orphans by the Nazis then get brought in and conscripted into the Hitler Youth. So he is taken away to join the Hitler Youth, and he's going for his training. And they put him on an airplane, and wartime, the airplane gets shot down and crashes. And here's a 12-year-old boy with a 13-year-old boy. Everyone else dies on the airplane. And they manage through one thing and the other to find their way to Switzerland. And after getting across Switzerland, he gets safe passage to Canada, Canada, all the way, eastern Canada, all the way to Vancouver. And then eventually he comes down to Seattle, meets an Irish girl, which is not only does he get the holy land of America, but he gets the highest former human being there is. He marries an Irish gal named Joan. And together they build a life. Now think about this. They're hardworking people. They owned a house. They did what they did. And then at the end of the life, they left all their money to the U.S. Treasury. Now, if I was giving them financial advice, I might have a few things to tell them in that regard. But I want you to think about this. What stopped me in my tracks when I heard this story was this thought. What must this couple's thought pattern have been every day that they decided to do something like that? There's only one conclusion you can come to. They must have been filled with so much appreciation and gratitude every single day of their life for where they were living and the life they were living. Joan had grown up in poverty in Ireland. He escaped the Nazis and they come together and they're a couple and they get to come to America and live in freedom. Now, you can say, what a bunch of morons. They left 847 grand to the government. Here's the thing. They got to live a rich life because here's what I believe. I'm sure they went through life like everyone else and there were challenges and setbacks. But I know this. I bet that in their heart, this spirit of gratitude, they had a life of joy. They had a life full of appreciation. The small things in life were big things to them. They never took anything for granted. They never took going to a restaurant for a meal for granted. They never took being able to get a weekend away and having a room service for granted. They never took the opportunity to not only be stuck in traffic. Man, I own a car and I'm on a freeway. I'm not on a horse in dirt. They had a perspective. They had a perspective. And that was worth a fortune. See, I believe gratitude is transformational. It's the difference between having an abundance or a scarcity mentality. Between focus on what's possible or obsessing on the negative. Between optimism or pessimism. You know, I am from a country that's known for its hospitality. In our native Gaelic language, the most common way to say thank you between people is roughly translated as a thousand thank yous. You know, it's a great sentiment, but what a great idea to have a thousand thank yous. Here's the thing. 
have you used up your thousand? Or are you still working on a few at a time? When you do express gratitude, is it kind of, oh, thanks, appreciate that? Or do you give a little zip to it? Here's what I promise you. I believe in the law of the harvest. I believe if you give it out in slices, it comes back in loaves. Here's the truth. I'm very, very thankful for the work I do. I'm thankful, and it's hard. I'm thankful I have to travel around. I'm thankful for it. If you come to my office over the course of a month, you will see thousands and thousands of personal notes and emails that I get every month of people thanking me for this company that coaches and trains people and has helped change a lot of people's lives. They write notes to me every day. Part of my job is, oh, I have the burden. Oh, we actually do it in the job description. Just hired an assistant recently. And we told him how big Brian's correspondence was because it's such a big part of it. So I want to share with you something now that's very important. I want to share with you a confession. I think about gratitude every day. I start my day with gratitude. I teach gratitude. I write personal notes. I made a business of it. My company sells more than 12 million thank you notes a year. We've made a huge business out of gratitude. Our average client sells eight times that of their competition. So gratitude is not only something that's in my life, not only is it in my family. I will say this. I had an experience here about a month ago. I'm going to say this to you to give you context. I flew home from an event that was wildly successful on my own Learjet. I got picked up at the airport in my Maserati. I drove to my 10,000 square foot home overlooking the ocean. And I got into my house and it had been a long day and I proceeded to spend the next 30 minutes bitching and complaining to my wife about all the little things that had gone on. I want you to know that gratitude is a day-by-day thing. You know, people who've fought through the ravages of addiction and maybe found a 12-step process, and you hear the magic of the fellas that invented that whole dynamic of one day at a time. And so many people who have recovered or gone through recovery, they call themselves the friends of Bill W. Well, we know for them that's a great thing. But for those of us who've never maybe suffered from addiction, we don't realize that we also need to live one day at a time. And I'm going to share this with you. Gratitude is a one day at a time thing. Is that I'm grateful far more often than I'm ungrateful. But I want you to know that that stuff creeps in. I want you to know that when gratitude goes down, something else comes in. Here's what I want you to think about. You cannot be full of gratitude and at the same time be simultaneously be full of a concept of entitlement. Can't happen. Gratitude and entitlement cannot exist at the same time, in the same person, in the same thought space. Gratitude and cynicism can't exist at the same time, in the same thought space. Gratitude and resentment can't exist in the same time, at the same place. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that I fight this every day. I want you to know that I fight the resentments and the cynicisms and the criticisms all day. The guy who's living everything I ever wanted to live and multiplied by 10, I have something to bitch and complain about every single day. Many, many things. I have a great workforce, but I can give you a list of complaints. I have great clients, but I can give you a list of complaints. The fact is this. When I focus on gratitude, the other stuff goes away. So I don't spend as much time, you know, examining my navel, wondering about these negative thoughts that are creeping up on me over and over. Am I suffering from depression? Am I suffering from this? 
I will share with you my own formula for myself is every time when my wife is driving me nuts I sit down and I force myself to write out a list of what I'm thankful for about my bride that day and here's the thing it becomes very quickly as my mother used to say Brian get off the cross we need the wood no doubt about it I started making a list of my wife's greatest characteristics and what she means to me and what what I'm grateful for about my wife my petty and they're almost always petty complaints disappear and those molehills don't turn into mountains and those mountains don't turn into walls and those walls don't turn into separation when my kids are driving me nuts and they do I got six of them and they're characters and they're full tilt and they're on the go and they're expensive and they got opinions when I sit down and I make a list of what I'm grateful for for each one of my kids let me tell you I've never completed one of these lists even when I let my mind drift towards what I'm thankful for recently my son Alex was doing something he's he's a total character and he was doing something that was small but it was was something he's done repeatedly over time he tends to leave things around the house like all the time everywhere wherever he he undresses everywhere in the house lights are always left on and it's I started making a list. I, I'm like, I'm getting worked up and I'm more and more worked up and I find myself, and not that I didn't ask him to pick up and not that I keep asking to pick up and I'm 18 years telling him to pick up, but I was getting really ticked off and I sat down and I said, okay, Brian, do the gratitude thing before you knock his block off. Do the gratitude thing. I want you to know I did it with a stinking attitude and what came to my mind? When that boy was 18 months old, he fell face down in a swimming pool and was unconscious and was saved by his younger brother. He was life-flighted by ambulance to an emergency room. I was called to the hospital and I went into the hospital door that day and the nurse said, are you baby Doe's father? I thought he was dead. You know what? I don't mind helping him pick up his underwear. You know what? I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life, reminding him of something. That's why they call me dad. But I didn't have to get to number two on the list. When I remember the day when I almost didn't have them, that changed a few things. You know, parents, I hear parents complain all the time, the kid this and the kid that. You know, one day you're going to walk down the hall in your house and they're going to be gone. And you're going to wish for the day they were leaving their underwear. And you're going to wish for the day. We miss out on the good life because we miss out on a spirit of gratitude. I'm not condoning a life without accountability. I'm not saying there isn't difficult conversations. I'm not saying there isn't difficult times. But let me tell you, there's always something to be thankful for. It has power. It has strength. And it can transform a life. I know this. It is transforming my life and has been for the past 30 years. For the last 30 years is when I really became first aware of how gratitude and a spirit of gratitude and embracing a spirit of gratitude could impact me and those around me. I like how it makes me feel and I like how it makes others around me feel. And so with that, I have so much more to say and I, I will say I'm, I'm rarely moved by what I have to say but I'm really stirred in my spirit about this whole concept of gratitude and I hope I've stirred you up a little bit. I'm going to leave you with a few quotes that I wanted to share with you that uh, maybe you can look up after you listen to this William Arthur Ward said gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings turn routine jobs into joy and change ordinary opportunities into blessings Henry Van Dyke said gratitude is the inward feeling of kindness received 
Thankfulness is the natural impulse to express that feeling, and thanksgiving is the following of that impulse. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life, said Melody Beattie. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. And then lastly, Kristen Armstrong said this, when we focus on our gratitude, the tide of disappointment goes out and the tide of love rushes in. Well, in honor of Thanksgiving, I want to thank you all for being a part of our audience, listening to this program. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm thankful that you do. I am very thankful that you've shared this show with so many people. We have hundreds of thousands of people listening to this program in over 100 countries. I love when you share your uh, feedback and your reviews, so keep that up. And as you know, our goal is to positively influence as many folks as we can. So we'd love you to keep sharing the show with others. Maybe there's a few folks that could use a message about gratitude today. And so as I finish here today, let me leave you with the Irish blessing that my grandfather always said. May the roads rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time.